0: So what's the big problem with wealth creation? How do people like us, who didn't inherit a boatload of money, who are investing and building wealth from our own blood, sweat, and tears, how do we invest in a way that gives us remarkable results and become financially free before retirement age? I don't know about you, but I am sick of hearing from wealth gurus and experts who don't walk their own talk and prescribe strategies that are a one-size-fits-all approach. For self-made people like you and me, I'm here to tell you that you don't need to be superhuman or already wealthy to reach financial freedom earlier than 65. This is the Alternative Investing Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Really great having you tune in. This is uh, a topic today that I want to kind of pull apart, which may surprise some of you, may infuriate others of you, but I really think there's some great lessons in here and some gold. So, I want to pull apart this new breed of young investor who is looking at what their grandparents and parents have done. There's a, an acknowledgement that building wealth is important, but they don't necessarily agree with the past and the framework that has been adopted. And they're asking themselves, how can I do it better and how can I do it faster? And the reason I want to cover this today is I think there's some lessons for the rest of us that are actually quite valuable. I think often we're very quick to dismiss young people as being kind of flighty and Scattered and, you know, not really having much to bring to the table. But I think there's a a few lessons that I want to kind of hone in on that would actually help us as investors, regardless of where we are in our journey. So, where I'd love to start is the the Bank of America put out a report last year which really did a deep dive analysis on what people are doing with their investing, a focus on both uh, high net worth individuals, ultra high net worth individuals and younger investors. And what they actually showed was that 80% of younger investors are actually working very hard to think outside the square. They are looking specifically at alternative investments rather than your mainstream shares and bonds and even to some degree, your typical buy and hold real estate. And that relative to older investors, they were prepared to put three times as much as a percentage of their wealth into those alternative investments. More than 50 of those Gen Zs and millennials hold crypto, more than 50%. And I think the most fascinating thing that kind of caught my eye was that over $84 trillion is set to be handed down between the Gen Xs and and baby boomers down to those millennials and Gen Zs uh, between now and 2045, so uh, 2045, which is not too far away. So, you know, the study in Gen found that the younger generation had a lack of confidence in traditional investments. And I think partly this is born out of a desire to get where they want to much, much faster. And certainly you see it in the workplace where younger people are constantly trying to level up their skills. They are kind of um, leapfrogging jobs specifically to climb the ladder more quickly. And they're not kind of satisfied with the status quo that perhaps people of my generation as Gen X were, which is just put your nose to the grindstone, do the work, and eventually the rewards will come. I think there's a a series of lessons that we can take from this. And and certainly in my own life, I've I've worked with a lot of younger people and I've, I've brought in interns into my business. And one of the things I notice almost immediately is instead of kind of looking at the traditional model of set aside capital, invest in traditional assets, grow your net worth, and then then divert some of that capital into alternatives. They're saying to me, you know, I have $2,000, you know, thousand dollars, whatever it is. How can I get into alternatives now? Because they see they've joined the dots that cash flow and passive income is literally the golden ticket to financial freedom and to stepping out of the workforce much sooner. So while our generation or my generation was very much focused on how do I, you know, invest in capital assets that grow my net worth that allow me to leverage into bigger assets so that I end up with a larger pool of capital and then I can you know, split some of that off into alternative investments that give me that dependable, predictable cash flow, the younger generation is saying, you know, screw that, let me just go straight into alternatives. And I actually want to kind of talk about this from a, a couple of levels because those of you who have listened to many of my other podcasts would remember me saying that generally speaking, alternative investments are for people who want a meaningful result who've already got capital generally speaking, you wouldn't go into alternative investments straight off the bat because it's not a good way to necessarily leverage uh, your capital or grow your capital in the same way as, say, for example, using leverage to purchase a traditional buy and hold property. I say that because most of the people that I work with are looking to get a pretty meaningful result within the space of two to five years. So, for that to be the case, they need to have capital that they can plonk into these investments to deliver the cash flow that they need. The younger investors that I'm talking about here, the Gen Zs and Millennials, are actually challenging, first of all, what people say they think they need to live off. And I know that there's a a whole community, um, the FIRE community, financial independence retire early community, which has really spawned a whole kind of dialogue around, number one, how do you invest in a way that gets you to some kind of financial freedom in your early 30s? And second of all, how do you learn to kind of live off less so that you've got that freedom to step away from your career when you choose. So, there's, there's a bunch of different ideas that the, this community tosses around. But essentially, what they're doing is showing people that you don't need as much as you think you need. And second of all, what kind of assets are going to lend themselves to throwing off that predictable cash flow. And certainly, alternative investments are getting traction as being one asset class that could you know potentially transform that timeline to financial freedom. Now, I'm not necessarily advocating things like crypto. I know that there's a whole raft of alternative investments, which I wouldn't touch because the risk profile just doesn't suit me. But, you know, in some ways, I have to give kudos to these younger people who are thinking outside the square and looking for opportunities, which will fast track their ability to kind of step out of the workforce sooner. So if I kind of like think about, you know, what are the lessons that we can glean from from these sorts of things. I think that there's probably three key lessons that I would, you know, want to share with you guys. And I could tell you countless stories of young people who have shared these ideas with me, but I want to kind of pull it out and say, well, maybe uh, this is a lesson and a takeaway for us as investors, as um, you know, Gen X's and baby boomers. So number one, I think most people are aspiring to build more wealth than they need. Um, I think these millennials and Gen Z have identified that and certainly when they think about what they're striving for and you know the fact that they're single and they don't have kids and you know they don't have parents to support and things like that probably makes a difference but if I were to talk to you about what I observe on a day-to-day basis what I see is that fear of loss makes us want to create a ridiculously big buffer around our wealth which frankly we probably don't need and then this in turn pushes us us to work longer and harder and strive for goals which are way too high. And I'll give you an example here. So, I have a client who has really modest expectations when it comes to lifestyle. They believe that their family um, with, uh, I would say, young teenage children, not going to private school, living fairly frugally day-to-day could exist on a household income of about 120. So, You know, nothing outrageous, I would say, but, you know, fairly modest. And yet when I ask them and kind of pull apart, well, what are the goals that you have around creating a passive income that would allow you to step out? A lot of people will say something like, well, I need 300,000. And my response to that is often, but you don't live off 300,000 right now. And what I encourage people to do is distinguish, and I've talked about this a lot in the past, distinguish between a baseline goal and your aspirational goal. I think if more people could be realistic about how much money they actually need to live the life that they're currently living, which may or may not include as many luxuries as they fantasize about, that people could actually start thinking about a more realistic level of capital that they need in order to achieve financial freedom. I think if you were to kind of reverse engineer from that lower baseline goal, you'd actually find that you were in a position to achieve financial freedom much, much sooner. As I said, I think our generation and the generation before us, uh, sorry, yeah, before me, uh, so the baby boomers and, and so so forth, You know, they, they witnessed a lot of trauma around having grown up, you know, in pretty harsh conditions. I know a lot of people that, you know, are around my age had it pretty tough growing up. Money was pretty scarce parents were striving to just put food on the table. And so, there's there's all sorts of kind of, I guess, symptoms of or a hangover that have kind of created qualities and behaviors around money and wealth that may not actually be all that good for us. So, you know, and I think this one particular trait of striving for way more than they actually need is a very, very common one. So, that is the first thing I think is really an important takeaway from, from studying these younger people is that really honing on what do you actually need and set that as the baseline goal. And for some people, the baseline goal, and for many of these Gen Zs and millennials, the baseline goal is about 50K, maybe 40K. You know, there are a lot of people who could travel the world very comfortably for 12 months on forty dollars to $60,000. You know, I think the the lesson for us as, you know, maybe more evolved or experienced investors is, you know, really challenging ourselves on what do we actually need? Do you need the fancy toys? Do you need the business class airfares? Do you need to always stay five star? And even if you need those things every now and then, how much does that actually cost? So, that's lesson number one. The second lesson that I think is worth kind of honing in on here is start converting the capital that you have into alternative investments sooner. Stop messing around trying to, you know, squeeze a bit more borrowings out of the banks. Stop, you know, getting caught up in the roller coaster of the share market. Start building cash flowing investments now that are recession resistant. And this, I guess, to some degree, as I've already said, flies in the face of a lot of what I've said in past podcasts, which is build the capital first, then convert to alternative. But what I'm seeing is that if you kind of can give yourself enough runway to do a little of both, it will absolutely cut down your timeline to financial freedom. And I certainly see the merits of having even a nominal sum of passive income coming in as a young person as opposed to waiting till you're in your 40s, 50s and 60s to start building that cash flow. So, I do subscribe to the idea of you know trying to um, make hay while the sun shines. So, while you're earning good money, convert that into assets and investments that are most likely going to increase your net worth over time. But I'm also suggesting that for those people who you know want to kind of find some kind of middle ground Around, that moving capital into alternative investments where you can build cash flow sooner is also a valid um, kind of strategy. So, that would be my second piece, you know, start thinking about alternative investments sooner. And I guess the best example of this is if you think about an investor, um, a typical investor will often say, look, I need to get to $5 million net worth or $10 million net worth and then I'll start thinking about converting my capital into alternative investments, whereas Whereas, you know, these days, a lot of these millennials and, and Gen Zs are actually saying, you know, why wait that long? You know, why don't I give myself a period of four or five years to develop the cash flow I need and then start converting that capital into alternatives. So I certainly think a fundamental here is get the stewardship piece right so that you can actually set aside fuel from your active income to put into investing. But outside of that, perhaps we're waiting too long to start converting that into active cash flow or passive cash flow. Sorry. And then the third lesson that I want to kind of really pull out from what I read was that a lot of these Gen Zs and Millennials are actually aspiring to financial freedom well before retirement age. I think there's a lot of uh, wealth professionals and a whole lot of talking heads out there that are really advocating for majoring in the minors of how to have enough, you know, by retirement. So, how do you create enough wealth so that when you hit 65 or 67, whatever the age is right now, you will have enough to live comfortably for the rest of your years. And I think while that's uh, certainly, the strategy of the masses, I think there's a small percentage of us as investors who are starting to say, "Well, hang on, I actually want to enjoy my wealth long before retirement age." So if you were going to you know pull something out of the you know the Gen Z millennial mindset specifically, it's about aspiring to financial freedom well before retirement. Now, I know in some cases, uh, particularly within the fire community, that they're talking about retirement by thirty. Uh, which is just unbelievable and they're not talking about retirement from the viewpoint of you know just stopping work and sitting around and doing nothing they're really talking about retirement from the space of how do i then apply my skills talents resources and time to pursuits that matter to me that have the greatest impact in the world and i think that's a really admirable kind of position to to be operating from so to a lot of people to a lot lot of investors, the idea of retirement before 65 or 67 seems like crazy talk. It seems like it's impossible that you you would need to take, you know, hair raising risks to do so. But I can assure you that that's not the case. And I'm working with a lot of investors right now who are in their early 30s, who are smart investors, who are smart business owners, who are recognizing that by applying themselves to the right kind of knowledge, to the right kind of investments, that they are going to put themselves in a position decades before others, you know. And I guess the extension of this that I would bring to just bring some comfort to this idea is To remember that there is a huge difference between something being risky and something being unfamiliar, and yet we muddy those two concepts all the time. So, it might be unfamiliar to you to invest in alternative investments, especially the ones I specialize in, which is those backed by real property, uh, real estate-backed alternative investments. But you know, if you can focus in on education, if you can focus in on understanding, if you can focus on growing your network with experts in this particular space, then what you will do by virtue of just spending time around this stuff is you will de-risk it because instead of it being unfamiliar, it becomes familiar and that automatically de-risks things. On top of that, as you start to contrast the attributes Of alternative investments with traditional investments, you will eventually understand why in my world anyway, the risk profile of a lot of those assets is actually much lower than both you understand and than compared to traditional investments. So that's kind of where I wanted to round it out today. So, you know, I think the aspiration of these Gen Zs and millennials is admirable. They don't always get it right. But I think this idea of striving for early retirement is a valid one. I think most, you know, there is, Too many people out there who work their butts off in their businesses, in their jobs as investors because they are told that that's how it has to be. You know, there are too many people I know who work their guts out because they think they have to earn as much as they can to create far more wealth than they actually need. And they do it by telling themselves that they're interested in legacy. And that's the justification for you know not spending time with their kids. That's the justification for putting themselves in a situation where their mental health, their stress and their anxieties start to seep into all other areas of their lives. So I would say if you are interested in creating financial freedom well before retirement aids. There's certainly a lot that you can take from how the Gen Zs and millennials look at things. You need to reassess how much you think you need. You need to start converting capital that you have into alternatives sooner. And you need to actually understand that the greatest way to de-risk this for yourself is to educate yourself on this stuff. Anyway, guys, that's it for today. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Till next time, take care. You've been listening to the Alternative Investing Podcast. If you're feeling frustrated that despite doing everything right in the property investing playbook and you're no closer to financial freedom, then head on over to inkosiwealth.com to learn more about how you can use alternative investments to catapult your investing income and blend strategies to shave decades off your timeline to financial freedom. See you on the next episode.